today is Soap Sunday. And so, is there anyone here that has a soap that they would like to share with us? S stands for scripture. Dave, O stands for observation. A stands for application. And P stands for? Thank you. There you go, my friend. Okay. Should I stand it? You can go anywhere you want. Okay. Oh, see, I told you that would happen. (laughs) Morning, everyone. I have to enter the magic numbers to get in here. Okay. Um, the scripture, and I, uh, for myself, titled this, How Long, Lord? Second Peter 3, 9. This is in the Amplified. The Lord does not delay and is not tardy or slow about what he promises. According to some people's conception of slowness, But he is long-suffering, extraordinarily patient toward you, not desiring that any should perish, but that all should turn to repentance. Observation. How long will our Lord wait for us? How long will he tarry to respond to his voice? Or how long will we tarry to respond to his voice? What are our fears? When do we listen to that still, small voice? How much pain does it take to make our decision? What is your answer? Application. The human will can rule over the best things in life. You know, you have tried. Remember that time when? Remember that time when you felt a beckoning in your heart? That decision you almost made. Why carry the weight of your history? Prayer. Jesus, you are as patient as you need to be with us. You have all of our life to wait for us, and you will be there every minute. Our will and your patience wait for us. Lord, your will is for us. Our responsibility is to guide our will to Jesus. Do we know that? How many failures account for one success? As many as it takes. Jesus, help us all with the word repent. Human nature never wants to admit guilt, but hide rational thought with justification. We can all work our way up the justification ladder. What excuse do we use? Jesus, give us your perspective of our decision time. Let us use your perspective for our wisdom. Let us take advantage of your patience and shorten our separation from you, Lord. Jesus, help us find our way from lost to found. Give up our prodigal justification and turn to repentance justified in you. Guide us, Lord. Amen. Amen. We're off to a good start. Who else would like to share a soap with us this morning? Daniel, Cynthia, you're next. After Daniel. I know it, it, I know it should be ladies first. He had, actually had his hand up first. 
If you guys want to go, you can go. It's all right. Well, I've been, um, I, I came across a scripture a few months ago uh, to remind me of the Lord's goodness and his love and his power. And the time we were living in, of warfare, uh, me and Betty definitely and our family don't like to be around it. It's very hard for us to kind of watch the things around us now. We know it's a spiritual war. It's not a physical war. Um, and we, the voice has, uh, the enemy is very loud. So um, this scripture kind of came up. And this is from Joel chapter 2. Um, and it's kind of long, so I'll just kind of read it mostly just a scripture because it's good enough. <laughs> The sound of the the sound of the trumpet in uh, sound the trumpet in Jerusalem, raise the alarm on my holy mountain. Let everyone tremble in fear, because the day of the Lord is upon us, a day of darkness and gloom, a day of thick clouds and deep blackness. Suddenly, like a dawn spreading across the mountains, a great and mighty army appears. Nothing like we has ever been seen, <laughs> or ever will be seen again. Fire burns in front of them, and flames follow after them. Ahead of them, the land lies, as beautiful as a garden of Eden, and behind them is nothing but desolation. No one, not one thing escapes. Um, they look like horses. They charge forward like war horses. Um, look at them as they leap along the mountaintops. Listen to the noise they make, like rumbling of chariots, like the roar of fire sweeping across the field of stubble. Or like a mighty army moving into battle. Fear grips all the people. Every face grows pale with terror. The attackers march like warriors and scale the city walls like soldiers. Straight forward they march, never breaking rank. They never jostle each other. Each moves in exactly the right position. And they break through defenses without missing a step. They swarm over the city and they run along its walls. They enter the houses climbing like thieves through the windows. The earth quakes as they advance, and the heaven trembles. The sun and the moon grow dark, and the stars shine no more. The Lord is at the head of the column, and he leads them with a shout. This is his mighty army, and they follow his orders. The day of the Lord is awesome and terrible. Who can possibly survive? So, um, this is us. <laughs> we are the army of the Lord, and he is at the head of the column, and we are not alone. So, no matter what we see, he is at the head of the column, and we are not alone. And this is a place of unity. This is a place of battle. This is a place of stepping forth. This is a place of justice and grace and truth. And the fire of the Lord, the Holy Spirit, goes before us. So um, it's an encouragement when we look at the stuff coming across the news and the things we don't understand, or how does it fit, how do we fit, how do we go. Well, we're in rank and file, and we're never going to be broken. We're going to be in step, and there's going to be no separation between us. He's going to lead us over the walls and over the mountains and into the windows. And we are going to go forward because he is ahead of us leading our way. Um, so uh, that, I guess that was the uh, application. And then um, prayer. Lord, unify our hearts. Holy Spirit, speak into our hearts because you are ahead of us and you are leading us and we are yours. We love you, Lord, and we know that this is yours. 
So we let go and we ask for unity in the church and in our hearts and in our spirits that you would guide us and lead us according to your will. We love you, Papa, and give you praise in Jesus' name. Wow. That army is also spoken about in Ezekiel chapter 37. Powerful, powerful stuff. Uh, Cynthia. Thank you, Pastor Dave. Um, my scripture is really short, but it's so powerful. Um, it's Mark eleven twenty two. Have faith in God. I've been battling laryngitis for two weeks, and my voice is starting to come back. But what have I been doing? Have faith in God. And then I ask God, well, what about my children? Have faith in God. What about the elections? What about the outcome of the elections? Have faith in God. What about the schools? What about the nation? What about the second coming of Christ? Have faith in God. And, you know, we can get discouraged. We can look around and we can, thoughts come to our mind and we can say, we can let depression come on us. Or we can say, wait a minute. I have a God. I'm not going to talk to God about how big my problems are, but I'm going to talk to my problems about how big my God is. I have faith in God. So that is kind of my observation. But the application is how do I apply this in my life? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Pastor Dave has preached I don't know how many meshes I'm meditating in God's word day and night, night and day. And it really does make a difference. And it doesn't matter what it looks like or how it feels. I was saying, you know, it doesn't matter what my voice sounds like or how I feel. God's word says I am healed. I'm not healed because I feel better. I'm not healed because I look better. But God's word says I look better, that I am healed. So I have faith in God during this time of the end. Jesus said, will I find faith on the earth when I come? Well, you know what? Faith is a powerful force, and we are the just are called to live by faith. And so my prayer is, this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know he hears us, we have the petitions that we desired of you, Lord. You are the great and mighty God. Nothing, nothing is too difficult for you. It doesn't matter what's going on around us. As long as we keep our focus on you, attending to your word, and listening to your voice, obeying your word, we thank you. Just as was spoken, we are a mighty army in the land. We are the highest authority in the land that holds back the darkness. And so so we need to uh, occupy till Jesus comes, but we also need to anticipate the coming of the Lord by faith in God. Amen. Well, I could just give a benediction and go home. <laughs> Wasn't that good? Whew, whew. I think Stacy has one. Stacy's thinking, man, I better raise my hand before he releases us. Did you get that? Have faith in God. Amen. I'm sensing a theme here, are you? Woo, exciting. Okay, I'm just back there grinning and nodding because this is going right in line with everything the Lord's been doing in us lately. 
Um, we did a lot of praying around town last week and felt led to the Lord to do that, to start taking territory, to start releasing um, the kingdom of heaven in places on the land where in the past violence had been done or wrongs had been done. And so I'm feeling greatly <laughs> encouraged and, um, and affirmed by that. Thank you. So the passage I'm going to be reading is Isaiah 57, 18 through 20. I'm reading from the New Living Translation. And this was one of the verses that the Lord had us um, declaring and decreeing as we went around to parts of Walla Walla and Dayton this last weekend. And I really at first wasn't going to share it, but I felt like the Holy Spirit was telling me to as a way of encouraging us to take this and move forward with it, not just in our own lives, but in the lives of everyone we come into contact with. So um, the verse says, I have seen what they do. So this is God speaking about a stubborn and greedy people, okay? His people who had been stubborn and greedy, had idolatry, all sorts of stuff. And this is God's response to that. I have seen what they do, but I will heal them anyway. I will heal them anyway. In other words, their wrongs, their sin, the ways they've fallen short is not going to stop God from healing. And that was a prophetic word for our Walla Walla Valley and beyond. And I believe it's also a personal word for us as well. And it goes on to say, I will comfort those who mourn, bringing words of praise to their lips. Usually if you are in mourning over a huge loss, usually you really don't have a lot of praise on your lips, right? At least not that's coming out of your heart, right? Because you're mourning. And I think this is speaking to the, the power of, of, of our words that's going to come out of that wellspring of life in your heart that you are going to be praising in the midst of no matter what your circumstances are. It says, may they have abundant peace both near and far. And so there's that peace connection word, right? Peace near to me means peace right here in the now, in the present. But it doesn't just say peace here, near. It says near and far. What does that look like? For some of us, the far might be that past junk, right? For some of us, that far might be the future, what's happening in the future. And God is saying, it's going to be everywhere. My peace is for everywhere, says the Lord who heals them. But those who still reject me are like the restless sea, which is never still, but continually churns up mud and dirt. I felt like that was just a, a gentle exhortation and reminder um, to us to not churn up dirt in others. Anyone can find dirt in someone else, right? We all fall short. We all fall short, and it's easy for us to just see, oh, that person did that wrong. Oh, that person could have handled that differently, right? To be a finger pointer and to keep that from loving them or reaching out to them or accepting the grace that God has on their life. But instead, don't turn up, turn up the mud and dirt in their life. Instead, ask yourself how the Lord sees them and what the Lord, you know, would have you your relationship, your friendship would be with them, right? And sometimes there's healthy boundaries there. So I just felt like that was kind of a, a gentle um, reminder that going forward, we need to be promoting unity um, and brotherhood in the body of Christ. So a lot of my observations I kind of already, you know, gave throughout that, right? 
Um, but I really just felt like there are some people in our community, some people that we know, that think that either God can't heal them or won't because of past stuff, or that God can't have his way in our valley because of fill in the blank. And so the challenge and the application for us is we know we are a kingdom of priests unto our God. We know that a part of that is that we are to impart his light and his truth wherever we go. And so the challenge is when you're going to the grocery store, when you're walking down the street, when you're picking your kids up from school, wherever you are going, just take 30 seconds and ask yourself, Lord, what's going on in this environment right now? What does this environment need? Do they need an impartation of your truth or your healing or whatever? And then just speak it out. It doesn't have to be loud. It can just be under your breath. But just start imparting it wherever you go. We imparted wherever we went for uh, three days this last weekend. And we saw God move powerfully. And we saw things we had never seen before. And God gave us many insights about this area, things that we're pretty jazzed up about um, going forward with continuing these prayer assignments. And I just encourage you to do that as well. And I know that God is going to meet you there, and he's going to show you things, and he's going to start partnering with your prayers and releasing his kingdom through you. Whew, okay. So um, my prayer, Lord, Lord God, before you, is that all of us would become more and more that Joel 2 army that was just spoken about, that you would light us on fire more and more with your fire of passion, of zeal, of reconciliation, your fire that burns away the dross, your fire that cuts through the chains and the ropes that bind the people around us, your fire that also heals our past wounds, Lord God, that there is a connection I understand from this between um, your peace and healing. You heal and then your peace resides. I pray, Lord God, as we go forward, that each of us would continue to seek you for healing out of our lives of any area that we need it, um, that you would just highlight that in our lives so that we can be free to fully be who you've called us to be. In Jesus' name, amen. I think, I think God is on to something today. Just keeps building, doesn't it? Good stuff. Who else has a... Michelle? Oh, James. You're next, James. Oh, no, Michelle. This time we're going to do ladies first. She did have her hand up first. Thank you. <laughs> oh, uh, my grandson said, when, when you get up here... Announce the scripture you're going to use and the version so that they can get it up there. Well, I didn't write my version down, but this is Psalm um, 105, uh, verses 4 through 5. Um, and this one actually was just this morning, so <laughs> this one is nice and fresh. <laughs> um, and it says, uh, I was reading through the Psalms just when I feel, like, discouraged or if I feel disheartened. I find that Psalms uplifting, so that's where I was this morning. Um, says, seek more of his strength. Seek more of him. Let's always be seeking the light of his face. Don't ever forget his miracles and marvels. Hold to your heart every promise he has decreed. <clears throat> Some observation is that no matter what I'm facing, nothing is too big or too small for Jesus. He is my father and I am his child. He wants me to come to him, to seek him, 
to allow him to be a part of everything that's good and bad in my life and in my heart. God goes before me always and already has a plan for what I'm walking through or am about to walk through. He will never leave my side nor forsake me. My application is that I have so many choices on where I can turn to for comfort and answers, fulfillment. I can put my faith in time and money, stuff, food, company and relationships. All of these are just distractions. All of that will pass away and still leave me empty and still leave me in the same place that I started from because only Jesus is eternal. Only his love and comfort and strength bring true fulfillment, fulfillment in my life and in my heart. Seeking Jesus will never fail me, will never leave me empty, and will never leave me hurt and confused. He is the only thing that stands firm forever because God is the only true source of everything good and everlasting. The only place we're turning to in my times of triumph and trials is my Jesus, the lover of my soul, my very best friend, my all in all. I will seek you in all things, in all ways, every day of my life. My prayer is, Lord, thank you. Thank you for reminding me and bringing me back to the place in my heart that knows only you know, truly know, and only you can heal my heart and bring me to the place I need to be, to be the best version of myself for you, which in turn allows me to be, to be the best version of myself for my family and those you bring in my path. I willingly invite you into every circumstance in my life. Help me to seek your presence daily and remind me to keep my eyes on the things above and not the things of this world. You are my ultimate source, the pure core of my very being, and I need you. I need all of you in my life, in my heart and in every circumstance I'm walking through. And Lord, while I cannot understand this current situation and the way things have unfolded, I trust you. I choose to trust you. I choose to trust that you have a good plan for those involved, that you have the very best interest of the hearts of your children who love and worship you. And where my flesh is weak, you are strong. And I turn to you full-heartedly in this time for your strength and comfort because I trust you, because I love you, and I know your love for me, for my family, and for your children. Continue to draw me closer to you, Lord as I continue to seek your face and give me the strength, love, and trust to continue to move and walk forward in faith, always. In Jesus' name. Gracias. Ah, praise God. I've got some things to meditate on today. Who's next? James. So years ago, uh, I was asked what my favorite uh, Bible verse was, and at the time, I really didn't have an answer because I liked all of it. And so at the time, I uh, suggested that, that Genesis chapter 1 and 2 were kind of like my favorite passages of Scripture because it's the perfect will of God type of thing. But since then, I've you know changed my mind that there's one passage, one Scripture that I really like. It really touches me. Um, it's in James chapter 1. It's verse 1. Which says, James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ. So that was kind of the, the it speaks to me because it calls me out by name. And, and I, I really like that. Um, so in meditating in scripture, 
um, when I meditate in scripture for, for healing and prosperity, this is just another one of those that I you tend to meditate because as you look into God's word, you're changed from glory to glory. And so that's, that's kind of the application of, of this. Um, so my prayer is that, that I am changed. Uh, for, Lord, I just thank you, Father, that, that you changed me from glory to glory in, in this uh, as a servant of God, as well as you heal me, and as, as well as you prosper me. And as I surrender myself, uh, heart, soul, and body, I just thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I'm going to go look for my scripture in the Bible. Who else has a soap to share today? Come on. Do you need me to act like a fisherman or anything? I don't think so. So, James, you got a book of the Bible named after you. That is so awesome. I got two. <laughs> I'm just kidding. So, um, my scripture is found in Matthew chapter 14, verse 22 through 32. It's in the New King James Version. It's a story about Jesus walking on the water. But what was striking about that, as I was reading it, Peter got it through his head that he could do it if he called out to the Lord. If he says, Lord, if it's you, call me out and I'll walk on the water too. And then there's a small part where it says he climbed out of the boat. And I think a lot of the time, because I did this, just kind of go, oh, he climbed out of the boat. But if we think about it, as he was climbing out of the boat, there was a huge storm. And the boat wasn't like on the dock. It was out in the middle of the water, and it was doing one of these, right? And so the idea was, wow, he was determined to get out of that boat. And it took an awful lot of effort for him to walk out onto that water. But then what happened? Got out there, started walking, and his eyes got fixed on the waves and the wind and stuff. And he started to sink, and he cried out to God. God was right there, grabbed him, and immediately there at shore. Okay? My observation is this, that in the circumstances of life, we're going to have those storms. We're going to have those situations. But when we are determined to walk with God, and when we are determined to face the storm and keep our eyes on God, we can do it. Peter was walking on the water. He was doing it. But when they got to shore, Jesus said, Ye of little faith, and you doubted. Why did you doubt? And I got to thinking about that. It's because when we are walking with the Lord, when we're doing the things that we're supposed to be doing with him and in him and following that path that he has us on, we get attacked. When we get attacked with the same basic pattern over and over and over again, all the way back in Genesis chapter 3. 
the very first thing that Satan did to Eve was get her to doubt. Did God really say you couldn't eat that apple? Doubt. So, my application is this. When we doubt, we are pulled off track. How do we get not pulled off track? We put on the armor of God. Specifically, the shield of faith. And the sword of the spirit, the word. And when we advance against the enemy with those two things, there's nothing that Satan can do about it. So here's my prayer. Dear Lord, you have us set on a path. Each one of us, you have placed in this community for a specific reason. And we walk in you and with you and for you. Father God, forgive us those times of doubting. But when that doubt comes, Father God, I pray that we would put on that shield and advance because the shield is not only defensive, it is offensive. And we advance against you with the faith that you have provided us. And Father God, we will not doubt when we put our faith, hope, and trust in you. Father God, we will take out that sword and we will advance against the enemy in that with your word, we can extinguish anything that the enemy brings at us. Father God, remind us of who we are in you. We are lions. We are not cowards. In Jesus' mighty name. Anybody else? Pressure's on, now I have to go with the flow. <laughs> That's all right. Um, one, one of the verses that keeps coming to mind a lot uh, is, oh, here you go. First, first Peter 5, 7, any for ESV, NIV, guys. CDL, XYZ. Um, Well, as, as I was coming to church today, I had a lot of burdens. And this verse says, cast all your cares on him, for he cares about you. So, pressure's on. <laughs> this is, oops, this is my list of burdens that I wrote down. And I got to, to seven, I said, well, that's enough. And then I wrote eight, nine, ten, eleven of things that are kind of, a burden on my shoulders right now in my life. Um, my one, just one is my daughter is homeless and she's struggling, and I'm trying to help her out with that. There's many others. Cast all your cares on Him, for He cares about you. I was uh, sitting with some other associates, and we're asking the people we're trying to help. What do they deeply need 
more than anything? Um, I knew what the answer was. I was kind of fishing. It's not a really good way to have a discussion, you know, kind of waiting for the right answer. And you came, peace. What we need is peace. Shalom, the Bible says. I was uh, also listening a while back, a few years ago, to a men's ministry that was happening in a church. I won't name the church. And the guy was coming in to do a men's ministry, and he was kind of leading. He was kind of new to the church. He was going to be gung-ho, and we're going to get it done. We're going to conquer, and we're going to overcome, and we're going to meet together and study the Bible by the hour and, and all those things. And I go, yeah, okay, good. I'm all for that. I, I really, truly, deeply believe in the ministry of men and building bands of brothers among the fellowship of men. Side note, women like to meet together easily, more easily than men do to get together and share burdens. Well, what I thought was, yeah, well, in order to take ground, you have to have your heart back. You have to know that your burdens are being borne. Um, as Daniel was sharing that passage in Joel, excuse me for having a movie reference, but I was thinking of Lord of the Rings and the, the marching forward, you know, in ranks, not breaking, and we are at the head of that. And I'm going, but it doesn't look that way. If we look in the flesh or in the world, it looks like we're kind of a motley crew, you know, kind of stumble bumbling along, and, and not, wow, doesn't all look all that great. But I'd love to talk to that guy and said, hey, you've got to have your heart back. You have to know that your wounds are being healed, your burdens are being lifted before you can fight a good fight and run a good race. Believe in that. Back in my navigator days, the observations usually were, instead of observation, we, in, in this, we had a similar thing to do Bible study. We had cross-reference, so I'll mention a few of daily bearer burdens. Psalm 68, 19 says, Blessed be the Lord who daily bears our burdens. Worshiping God is the one who, oh, he wants to bear my burden. And then Galatians 6.2 is a little bit more practical among us, between us, is bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. Ever get together with somebody and say, what's, what, what's burdening you right now? Can I help bear that? And pray? That's a little bit more deep than, hey, what about them Seahawks? And that kind of led me to another verse, which is, so fulfill the law of Christ. Daily bear your burdens to so fulfill the law of Christ. What's the law of Christ? Anybody know? There's some, what's that? Yeah. He says, a new commandment. So this is the 11th commandment, I guess. A new commandment I give to you, love one another. So asking somebody, what's, what's burdening you right now, and how can I pray with you about that? Maybe it's a little intrusive. Maybe somebody doesn't want to share, but most of us are walking around carrying burdens that nobody knows about, and we think nobody cares. Wow, I'm getting into this. There's more. <laughs> so, yeah. Oh, um, I know you're going to be shocked by this, but one of my favorite authors is John Eldridge. Are you shocked? That's just amazing, aren't you? Well, 
I think he's prophetic. I think he's a man of God. And he came up, how, how do we keep daily thing? We, th- this is a little app called the One Minute Pause app on your phone. Okay? I'm going to play one minute of it. I think we have time to do that. That's a practical application to that. You don't have to have an app to do that, of course, but it's nice to have something on your phone that's not just a distraction, you know, like cats and the latest football score. So I can choose, this is the application part, to allow who to bear my burdens? Jesus, of course. Who's going to bear that, me or Jesus? Who wants to bear it? Jesus. Remember the verse that says, Take my yoke upon you, for my burden is light. I was sharing that with somebody, and they didn't know, familiar with the verse, and says, you, and I asked them, kind of had this quizzical look in their eyes, I said, do you know what the yoke means? And they said, egg yoke? <laughs> no, no, it's, then I had to explain the whole thing with the ox and whatnot. They would, uh, uh, I understand that there was a young oxen they put with an older oxen, and then that's how you trained the young oxen to bear burdens, is the older one was taking that burden. The younger one kind of learned how to walk and step with that stronger ox. So, application. Give my burdens to Jesus. Ask others how I can share the burdens. Prayer. Lord, um, Thank you that you love to share our burdens. And in consistent with that, why? Well, Lord, um, we have work to do. We have battles to fight. We have to believe you and not doubt, keep our eyes on you, that you are the winner of this. We know. We've read the last chapter. We know who wins. Um, my burdens personal and the burdens of this world you bear thank you and we worship you and thank you mm-hmm. and help us to be those that let you bear our burdens in Jesus name amen amen good I think that was right in the flow cool. I made it. my yoke is easy and my egg white is light maybe I didn't get that right My, my soap is from Joshua chapter 23, verses 12 through 13. 
the uh, New King James, also the, the uh, N, uh, CDL, ATM. <laughs> God is talking to the Israelites, and he's reminding them that he was fighting for them. It was because of him that they were defeating the, the nations as they were taking possession of the land that he promised them. But he was warning them to not take on the ways of those nations that they were conquering. And in order to read these two verses in context, I'm just going to read quickly the two verses before. Verse 10 and 11. Uh, one, man, one man of you shall chase a thousand, for the Lord your God is he who fights for you as he promised you. Therefore, take heed, careful heed to yourselves that you love the Lord your God. I, I'm fighting for you. That's why you're able to chase a thousand and they flee. But take careful heed, watch yourselves, and make sure that you keep God first place in your lives. Make sure that you remember that it is he who is giving you this land. He is fulfilling his promise to you. These are my two verses for my soul. 12 and 13. Or else, if indeed you go back and cling to the remnant of these nations that remain among you and make marriages with them and go into them and they to you, know for certain that the Lord your God will no longer drive out those nations from before you, but they shall be snares and traps to you and scourges on your sides and thorns in your eyes until you perish from this good land which the Lord your God has given you. If you cling to the remnant of these nations that remain among you, you, you conquer a nation, but there's just a few people from that nation that are, that are left. He said, and if you make marriages with them. Now, several translations use this terminology. If you intermarry with them. This, in, this concept, and see, for some reason, that, that just grabbed me. So this is my observation. God gave them great authority to take the land. He was fighting for them. He was fighting with them. One man could put a thousand to flight, but he warned them to give careful attention to yourselves. It's almost like, you know, a mom saying to her kids, now watch yourselves, to keep an eye on themselves, <laughs> to make sure that they loved the Lord their God and they were not influenced by the nations that they conquered, to, to not take on their ways, their ideas, their values. He warned them not to intermarry with them because if they did, he would no longer fight for them and the nations that they had conquered would actually become a snare. In fact, let me read that last part of that verse again. But they shall be snares and traps to you and scourges on your sides and thorns in your eyes until you perish from this good land which the Lord your God has given you. Those are strong words. See, God had set the nation of Israel apart to himself. They were his chosen people, set apart for him, he had taught them his ways, and, and so he said, do not become like the other nations, or it will be your downfall. Now, as I was pondering that, I, I began to think about Solomon, because Solomon was one of the wisest men who ever lived. 
kings and queens would travel great distances just to be able to sit in his presence and hear his wisdom. And they would ask him questions, and he answered every one of them. He, 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 he was an amazing man. But the big question is, what was his downfall? Why did he end up wandering in his latter days? Because he did something that God warned against. He multiplied wives. He only had 700 and 300 porcupines, concubines. They, they were daughters of kings of the nations around him. He did it in the natural to preserve peace around him. Instead of trusting in God for that peace, he multiplied wives, and those women from other nations began to influence him and caused his heart to wander from the Lord. How can a man who is so wise wander from the Lord by intermarrying? with other nations. Now, the application is this. As I prayed about it, this, this word intermarried just kept coming into my thinking. You know, there are so many ways that we can intermarry with the world. He reminded me of a scripture in 2 Corinthians six seventeen that says, come out from among them, talking about the world, and be separate. 2 Corinthians 6, 17. Now, when he said this to the Corinthian church, he was, he was not saying don't have anything to do with worldly people. He was not saying that. We are to be light in the midst of darkness. We are to love them and show them the love of Jesus, but we are not to be influenced by them and pick up their ways. We are not to let darkness invade light. We are not to intermarry with, with their ideas and concepts and thoughts. We have embraced God and his ways to then intermarry our thoughts and concepts with the, with the things of the world that this is what God was warning against. There are worldly ways that sound good but they are darkness, and they do not mix with God's ways. The ways of God are different than the ways of the world. They cannot be mixed together or intermarried. The ways of God are not always politically correct. In fact, they are often not but they are the ways of God. And see, if you buy into the politically correct agenda, it's the fear of man, not the fear of God. There, there are many worldly ways and thoughts that, that sound logical. They make sense to the carnal mind, but not to the renewed mind. But, but, but if, if we're just living from our rationale, well, that, that's okay. Everybody does that. But that's not necessarily true for a Christian. Proverbs 14, 12 says, there's a way that seems right to man, but the end thereof is death. There, there are worldly ways that seem kind of right, but the end of them is death. Just because something seems right does not mean that it is. It is only right if God says it is right. Now, see, we must be careful as Christians 
that what we believe comes from the scriptures. And not just something that sounds good or seems right. I believe we're coming into a time in human history that this is more important than ever. That our perception be something that we have gleaned from the word of God. And not allowed culture to intermarry with those things. You know, pro-choice would tell you that it's a woman's right to abort her child. A woman has a right to do whatever she wants with her body. I mean, it's a civil rights issue. But what about the rights of an unborn child? What does the God who gave life to that child think about it? The God who Psalm 139 says formed and fashioned us in our mother's womb and preordained certain things about our lives. He is the true judge that determines what's right and wrong and we will all stand before him someday. See, in a democracy, the people determine what's right and wrong because it's, it's, it's ruled by the people. But as a Christian, I live in a theocracy. In a theocracy, God is in charge. Man, I wouldn't have it any other way. You know, people can vote and make something legal, but that doesn't mean it's legal in God's eyes. That doesn't mean it's okay just because of popular vote. The God who invented the institution of marriage... It was God's idea. He defined it. He defined it as a relationship between a man and a woman. And see, Jesus also defined it that way when he said, Therefore a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined together with his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. At one point, or let me say it this way, at some point, what we believe may cost us something. Or will we discard truth to be more accepted by society? You know, as I was pondering this whole idea of intermarrying, these are the questions that began to resonate in me. Do we let culture shape our beliefs or do we let God and his word be what shapes us? Do we interpret what our Bible says based on what's happening in society, or do we interpret society based upon what the Word of God says? See, Jesus said, sanctify them through your truth. Your Word is truth. Sanctify means to set apart. Set them apart unto you, you, God. Sanctify them unto you by, by the truth of your word. Just as Israel was a nation set apart to God, we the church, we are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that we are to proclaim the praise of him who has called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. We are sanctified by the truth of his word. We are set apart from the rest of the world by the truth of his word. We are called to be a people that belong to him. 
The very word church, ecclesia, means called out once. It's like I've called you out from the world. You're to be different. You're to think different. You're to act different. You're to be my special people and embrace my thoughts and know my ways. I, I have this conviction, and it's this. The truth about anything is what God says about it. People can vote all they want and try to change that, but it, it doesn't affect God. And it doesn't affect heaven. Heaven and earth will pass away and only the word of God will abide forever. I choose to base my life on the truth that is eternal. It's time, isn't it? This is my prayer. Why don't we stand? Father, help me to distinguish the difference between what is of you and what is of the world. That there is no safe place in between your ways and the world ways, world's ways. Let my thoughts be pure and not intermarried with the thoughts of the world. You have given me your Holy Spirit. He lives inside of me to guide me into all truth so that I can distinguish the, the true from the false. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for being my teacher and my guide. I, I lean into you and I ask you to expose any thinking that I have that is a mixture of your ways and, and the world's ways. Help me to think your thoughts and walk in your ways. Let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable to you, O oh God, in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. I really felt like I was fed before I got up here. Thank you for those of you that, that shared uh, uh, a soap today. I think God came today to encourage us and to, to help us to not be distracted by the wind and the waves, not be distracted by the stuff that is going on around us, but to have faith in God to keep our eyes on him and trust him. And, and God really does want you to be free from, from the burdens of life. And I really don't know how to do that except to spend time with God. I find that as, as I spend time with him, it, it just begins to lift those things off of me. God is calling us as his army into a place of greater intimacy with him. And, and you were created for this, for such a time as this, for this battle that we are in right now. You were created for this. God has prepared you for this. You are to be a light 
that shines in the darkness. Don't be afraid of darkness. Don't hide in the light. But realize that God has strategically placed you into places where you can shine with the glory of God. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just give you a benediction and release you. Is that okay? <laughs> ah, thank you, Lord. I'm, I'm surprised Sarah didn't come up here because I didn't put this in my pocket. Could I have the prayer people come? Uh, I, I just want, if, you've got, if you're carrying something and, and you would like somebody to pray with you, that's going to be available here. The benediction that I, I want to give you is 1 Thessalonians 5, 23 through 24. Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely. And may your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. He who calls you is faithful, who also will do it. God bless you, saints. Have a great week.